Welcome to Disclosure and the inaugural episode of The Bullpen, Religion for Men, a special new feature on Disclosure where everyday guys discuss the world of religion from a distinctly male perspective. Because honestly, adult males are probably the largest missing demographic in churches today. And personally, I think for maybe a good reason. I think a lot of the ways in which Western Christianity has manifested itself since the late 20th century has been distinctly not oriented toward male thinking. And now we even find ourselves living in a world where masculinity itself is described by a lot of people as just being toxic. Throughout the 80s, men were largely told to stop thinking like men. And a lot of things that happen in church today, frankly, make men feel really uncomfortable, like sharing your feelings in a group or touchy-feely, emotionally-driven Bible study groups where you're asked to confess and cry and that kind of stuff. Not, not that there's anything wrong with those things, but maybe it's time to recognize that the way we do church is driving a lot of men out the door because we just don't feel like there's room for us in there anymore. So we begin with the bullpen, where we get a bunch of guys together in studio. We climb into our treehouse. We hang a No Girls Allowed sign on the door, and we have a virtual men's retreat right here on the radio. Now, of course, if you're not a man, that doesn't mean you have to turn off the radio or change the station. You're welcome to listen. But this is Religion for Men, and it starts right now. In studio today, I have Kurt Johnson, director of the Discover Bible School, Alex Rodriguez, director of evangelism at the VOP, Ruben Gomez, our producer here on Disclosure. We dragged him into the studio. And uh, you didn't even get a nice mic, did you, Ruben? I, I didn't. Got, I, no, we all have feel, really nice microphones, and you got the uh, spare. I feel so left out. Yeah, well, you're in charge of production. I'm the producer. Yeah, you should be able to get yourself a nice microphone. He'd choose his own if he wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gave you the baby mic, because I think you're the youngest guy in the room. He's a kid. Sure. He's a kid. <laughs> we were actually talking. You're technically, technically... A millennial. I am technically a millennial. Do you feel like a millennial, though? Do you feel like that's your demographic? You know, um, I'm not sure. You look it. Yeah, I do, and I don't. <laughs> I, I'm really confused. It just depends well, no, on the I'm, day. I think I'm technically what came after the boomers. Gen X, Y, Z, uh, A, B, Millennials C, are Gen Y as Gen, well. Gen Y. Okay, so I'm somewhere you're, there. You're, but I identify. I just missed the boomers by two years or something like that in... I always feel like I'm one of the boomers because I tend to think like them. We do have a boomer at the table, though. Uh, that's right. That's me. Yeah. Yeah, the boomer. You're, We're going to get Gen all the X. Yeah. Yeah. We probably According should get like, like a 12-year-old boy in here, too, but not on today's topic. We're going <laughs> to... No. No, 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 no. No. Here's what. I mean, what better topic to start with than pornography? <laughs> and, Ruben, you didn't even know what the topic was. You agreed to come in here, and I told you later what we'd be talking about. That's the last time I'll ever do that. But we, <laughs> we needed an expert, though. We need... <laughs> Just kidding. No. We, look, I don't know if there's a more likely topic to start a show for men with or a more dangerous one. So let's um, let, let's get talking about it. I mean, no, no doubt it's a big problem. I think it's growing. Uh, when I was a kid, say 11, 12 years old, I remember that pornography was my brother and I finding a Playboy magazine and hiding it in our playhouse, living in fear that our playhouse, treehouse. We didn't have a playhouse. We had a treehouse. And it was Playboy in a treehouse, not tree boy in a playhouse. And we hit it up in there, and we're living in terror that mom's going to find out that we have a magazine with a naked lady in it. And that was bad. I'm not justifying it, but isn't it strange now that we've gone all these decades later and people kind of smile at that, oh, isn't that so innocent? Because it sounds so innocent by comparison to what is out there. How bad do you guys think the problem of porn is? 
Well, I, yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about your 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 mom finding it. Well, what about what about your dad? Well, here's how it happened. Look, let, let's look. We're on the radio. Let me just tell the truth here. Yeah, you got to be real here. Well, my youngest brother is six years younger than me, and he <clears> saw <throat> us hiding. My middle brother and I, we were hiding this magazine. We found it in the woods. We were hiding it in the treehouse. What do you guys have up there? And we try to tell him, look, it's just newspapers. It's newspapers. Oh, okay, went away. At dinner time, he says, Mom, guess what? You know, Sean found a newspaper with a naked lady in it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no, we're busted. <laughs> and uh, and I do remember, though, Mom's furious and Dad smirked. <laughs> and so I'm not sure that that's right either. And, Dad, if you're listening, sorry, but you did. You did smirk. <laughs> and it's hard for guys to talk about this without smirking. It is a problem, though, don't you think? I, I, think, it's, I think it's a problem. And, but, and, and we might be digressing here a little bit because we're now talking about parenting. But there's this level of, of, of maybe satisfaction that, that a man gets knowing that his son is, is a man. Is interested in is, girls. Is, is interested I know, in girls, but we're not you know, trying to justify not, this. Let's like, not go there. But. It, write your complaint letters to Alex Rodriguez, Box 999, <laughs> Loveland, Colorado. Yeah, Sean, as, as you mentioned, uh, the problem increasing. If you go back to, well, of course, you're not uh, real ancient, but when you go back. Uh, I'm getting there. You're getting I'm there. getting there, Kurt. But you go back far enough, you know, for a while it was just print. Yeah. And you had a little bit of videos or whatever as they came along and they. Oh, you, the you, little films in a can that the guys would bring out at right, the logging or, camp, yeah. Or you go into the, where you used to go into, uh, you know, where you have videos to rent. Yep. And and you got this back room with a curtain. I don't that, know, Kurt. They, I've never heard of that. Have yeah. you guys heard of that? <laughs> I, don't you could, you I, could, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I'm in awe. <laughs> but but today, today, you know, you, you we've gone all the way down. You you know, the internet comes into being in yeah. what 1995 or 96. Yeah, so it's a commercial use, and now everything's yeah. available. And yep. and uh, and as time increases, everybody you know it used to be that it, it was a laptop or well I remember when the first one came out what the big Commodore oh yeah you know yeah. And you had a couple little floppy disks one was the you know the the program to drive it and the other one was your content it was hardly anything um, but now we've gone to where even young kids they have are, a phone carrying, in their carrying pocket, a phone sure, in their yeah. hand it's it's a and it's, it's a connected mini, mini computer yep. and and so they they have access to the internet they have it's so. In essence, it used to be like you had to find the magazine that you found. Yep. But today, it's you just everybody's carrying it in their hand, and it's instant if they if they want to click on and get to those sites. Yeah, it comes to you. You don't have to go find it. And uh, I definitely think it's worse. I did ask everybody to do a little bit of. I don't know how you did. Did you do this on your work computers? Like I asked you to do a little research. Oh, how bad is the problem? Work computer, yeah. Abs yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to think real carefully no. about those searches. Well, <laughs> you do. And I think that's, that actually yeah. highlights the problem, the fact exactly. that you can't even search, like, how bad is the porn problem right. in America without seeing a few links. You're just not – can't. And it's horrifying. Yeah. I don't know how you guys felt, but I was actually horrified by the time I'd done a little bit of studying. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's much worse than I thought. What would you guys find? No, it, it, it's all over the place. In fact, I, I remember, and this was, this was some years back, I remember wanting to buy a treadmill for my wife one night, and, and so I was at work. This is back in the years where I was in law enforcement, brand new officer uh, with the state. And, and so before I went, to, went, went home that night, I went to, to search dicksportinggoods.com. Oh, no. Yeah. And I didn't write the sportinggoods.com in because I, I thought they, got to, they had to own that, yeah. that particular website. Yeah. yeah. That was a complete mistake. 
Pop-ups were coming everywhere. I couldn't get them turned off. I finally just ripped the computer off, turned turned the whole thing off, and I'm sitting there breathing hard, thinking I'm about to get fired. But yeah, but yeah, we we did this research. Oh, the by the way, we, we need to meet, we need we need to meet with you after work tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Coming Thanks. at five. Coming at five. Yeah. yeah, bring your computer with you and a box. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's horrifying what we what we well at least what I what I found. Um, and, and I think one of the biggest things that I noticed was was the fact that there was not a whole lot of conversation that I was finding where the morality of the right or wrong of, yeah. of pornography was coming out. It was it was more worried about uh, the hows and and the the economy of it and, and whether or not uh, we're treating people legally fair, uh, fair trade issues on on the way. The really, way they, that's what we're we're at that point now, yeah, where we're yeah. worried about if people are getting paid enough. Yeah, in fact, right. I have an, an entire article here on the fact of uh, of of the fact that they're they're treating these as, as stars and content creators. Yeah, and and saying things like you know it's not it's not fair that people are ripping off the the, the material that they're creating they're, they they have rights yeah. and so nothing really about hey this is wrong this is tearing up society yeah. it's all about hey they they they're creating some good stuff for us and we we need to make sure that the laws apply to them as well do you think it's gone mainstream has porn I, gone I, mainstream I I, th- I think so I, I mean mm. when you when you're sitting the Kurt and I were just talking about this mm. you're sitting in in the airplane. Uh, even yesterday, sitting in the airplane, and and the guy next to me, he's watching uh, some little program on there, and and it it has all kinds of of sexual uh, material in there. Um, there was uh, I think there was one scene where where some guy picked up a, a sex toy. Can you say that on? Not, we just said we just did anyway, and he started hitting somebody with with the thing. <laughs> and so you know it, it's it's very it's very there. It it is completely there. Unbelievable. Well, I think wow. that's that's true. What do you think is driving it though? Like, how did we get from uh, something that people tittered about in a back room, or hey, did wink, wink, nudge, nudge, did you see, to the point where it it seems to be so pervasive that it's everywhere, and kids as young as eleven and twelve think it's a normal part of life. Yeah. Well, the uh, you know I I don't know you know uh, that I'm an, that I have the complete answer right now to what's driving it. I mean, I I certainly have ideas, but I just wanted to say. You know, I mean, Kurt, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, well, the internet again, wonderful thing, but it just has, you know, the internet is is a power for for good and bad, right? And and it's just normal. It's so easy, so easy for anybody to get whatever you want, including porn, you know, through the internet, and um, so readily available um, that it is normalized in a way. Maybe that's what you're, you know, you're talking about. You know, People don't even care to talk about the morality of it, but they, you know, they're talking about the, uh, the legality of, of of paying these people. Um, well, in, in some ways, that's it's, a, it's a social taboo still in, in some certain some yeah. circles. You know, you, you talk about it, and and either um, either folks are like, oh, we were just not going to talk about that, or 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 they, you know, they laugh it off. It's 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 kind of a, a kind of a funny thing in society, but but I think I think the problem is huge, and, and we think about the the frog sitting in a in in water and boiling slowly, and, and I think that's what's happened. Uh, years ago, I did some research uh, for a sermon I was going to preach on on some of this, and and I looked back at, at at the Playboy, and what what stirred my mind was I had just received, or my wife had just received. Let's just make that clear, she had just received a. Um, a, a little uh, coupon to Victoria's Secret at the, right. at the house, and 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 I think it had a magazine uh, tied with it. And and I remember I remember some of the old magazines that I had seen when I was when I was a kid. Um, some of these Playboy things that you know run across kids, and and you see, 
And it was interesting to see the 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 closeness to this and and the Victoria's Secret magazine that was coming out. And so I started looking at this, and sure, sure enough, um, over the years, um, basically, Victoria's Secret was Playboy back then. And and now it's just gotten harder and harder and harder. I think there's definitely creep in it. And I don't know. I'll look at the boomer in the room. I know we have less than two minutes to go to the break, but... Um, Let's blame the 1960s a little bit. Did the sexual revolution of the 1960s uh, desanctify sexuality and marriage and make this more acceptable? Yeah, I, I think you're you're onto something there, Sean. You know, uh, it's in in the 60s. It was all about revolution. That's what we heard. Right. It was revolution <clears throat> against war. It was against societal norms. It was uh, a rebellion against. Uh, this is how. Uh, the generation previous, this is how they lived, and we're going to live the opposite. And so we had this reaction against everything going on in society. And you had your, you know, your hippies. I mean, even myself back in that era, my hair today is a little bit longer than yours at the moment. But, you know, I had, you know, your, your hair is longer. It was, it, it, were you a hippie, Kurt? I wasn't a hippie. Okay. <clears throat> but we, just about, close, the though. three of us were ready to throw you out of the room. But <laughs> he, was close, he was close. But, yeah. but, but you, like you said, you know, you had love ends. They yep. called them. Yep. Uh, you had you had groups of people going out for a rock concert out in the middle of, of fields and yep. hanging out and camping and free sex and it was just uh, we're going to do the opposite of what of what our previous generation says that we should do. I was a little young to remember the '60s, but I do look at that era because I grew up through that. I came out of that, born in the '60s, and um, it seemed like everything was thrown aside. And I do think that maybe desanctifying marriage and family and reducing it to well, reducing it contributed to the problem. I hear the music, which means we're going to have to take a break. We'll be right back with the inaugural episode of The Bullpen here on Disclosure. We'll be back in just a moment. As you may know, the Voice of Prophecy is supported by people just like you. We provide Christ-centered programs and Bible studies free of charge so that no one is left out. If you've been blessed by these programs and would like to pay it forward, we invite you to visit VOP.com give to make your tax-deductible donation. We're equipping the world for Christ to come, and your support will make a direct impact on so many lives. That's VOP.com give. Most of us have lost a loved one to death, and the question we wrestle with in our mind is what exactly happens when we die? Do we go to heaven or do we go to hell as some people believe? Find the Bible's answer to this question in our free Discover Bible Guides. You can get them at VOP.com, click on the tab that says Study, or just call us at 888-456-7933. That's 888-456-7933. And we're back from the break. My name is Sean Boonstra. I'm in studio with Kurt Johnson, Ruben Gomez, and Alex Rodriguez. And this is our inaugural episode of The Bullpen, Religion for Men. I've got to warn you that uh, our subject today is quite serious. It's a pervasive problem in society. We are dealing with pornography and the loosening of sexual mores. 
in uh, in Western civilization. So if you've got little ones in the room, this might not be the episode for them. You might want to get it later as a podcast or have them go play somewhere else for a little while because we are dealing straight. We're guys, just guys in studio, dealing straight with issues that are real in this world from a male and a Christian perspective. But it is a serious subject, and so this isn't for the little ones today. Guys, we're talking about um, pornography, and we were talking about how pervasive it has become. And I really do think that since the 1960s, I was saying that before the break, we sort of desanctified things. Mm-hmm. And in the rebellion, we threw out a lot of societal structure, including marriage. And maybe the invention of the birth control pill probably contributed to that as well, because there was this idea, man, we can do this without any penalty. You know, there's no mm-hmm. consequence for living loosely. And I do kind of pinpoint the rebellion of the 60s as maybe a starting point where this started to grow. Didn't like even Hugh Hefner get his start roughly mm-hmm. in those periods? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was earlier in the 50s, but he was really one of the driving forces in the 60s to sort of tear down societal structures. And so now how bad has it gotten? How much have we moved the goalposts since I was a little kid? That's mm-hmm. the question we were going to talk about. How bad is it today? And I think the stats show it's pretty bad. Yeah, the, and, and part of the problem is, is it's, it's so taboo that, that nobody can really grasp yeah. Uh, a, a lot of the a lot of the stats, but Barna has tried. Uh, there's some stuff that you can jump on online and, and grab. Um, I was I was just looking through through a quick uh, a quick uh, list of, of things here. Uh, only one in twenty young adults uh, and one in ten teens say that their friends uh, think viewing pornography is a bad thing. What? Ten percent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's mm. it's it's absolutely absolutely insane. In fact, they found. That teen, teens and young adults view not recycling as more immoral than viewing porn. You got to be. That's kidding. Col- that, that's got to be a Colorado uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> not recycling is. I I do fear. I fear that what you're finding is true, though, that it's become more normalized for the next generation. I mean, there's no question we had that magazine up in the treehouse, but we knew it was wrong. We were hiding right, it. Right. We were hiding it. Yeah. They don't hide it today. I mean, yeah. I mean even the, the issues I was reading in, again, one of the online statistics, and it was, it was talking about that in teenagers today that at least the, the figures they gave was one in five, and then somebody else threw out one in, one in ten. There was kind of a discrepancy. But the bottom line was is that most, you know, that um, a, a percentage of teenagers, you know, they, they say that they have sent nude pictures of themselves. To, to someone else. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't even thought of that, but that's become that's, fairly commonplace, right? Sexting. Sexting, yeah. Sexting, yeah. yeah. Um, Here's a stat on that. 62% of teens and young adults have received a sexually explicit image, and 41% have sent one. And that, that's from Barna. And this is from Barna. Oh, okay. man, yeah. kids. Oh, kids, listen to me. I, I made all my mistakes as a young man and before I was a Christian in private. Um, the Internet's forever, and mm-hmm. I, I can't even begin to wonder what... What mm-hmm. happens when a 15-year-old is doing something like that and then goes for a job interview at 25 and it's floating around out there and the prospective boss finds it? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, or maybe it's just so normalized it doesn't matter anymore. You got an interesting article sitting in front of you, Kurt. Yeah, I, I went on, when I was online looking, I, I found a Scientific American. And it used to be a, in magazine format. I remember looking through some of those years ago, but now, now we have the on, online format. And, and there's an article here on behavior in society. And it's called. It's titled "The Sunny Side of Smut," and it's and the then the sub subtitle says, "For most people, pornography use has no negative effect, and it may even deter sexual violence." And as you read, read ah, the, you've got to be kidding. Yeah, it's, as you read the article, it's it's basically um, 
stating that researchers suggest that exposure to pornography might make some people less likely to commit sexual crimes. And, and then they go on in the, in the latter part of the article simply stating that pornography keeps sex offenders from, uh, you know, that they take everything into their imagination rather than, you know, acting out their abnormal sexuality. I don't know, Kurt. You know and, what? I, and it's like, I what? dispute that. Yes, I dispute I that. I only have anecdotal evidence, but you know, I did some prison chaplaincy and I was working in a place where um, there were sex offenders and they, they, they adopted that theory. They were showing them blue movies. I know. The blue movies is probably an ancient mm -hmm. term. If you're under the age of um, 30, that means dirty movie. But they were showing them, think of this will pacify them. But no, there were sexual assaults in the prison that came mm -hmm. out of that. I don't know. I, my evidence is only anecdotal, and I know you're reading a scientific journal, but have we really gotten so far where we're thinking this is good? And that's, that's what impacted me when I read this was, um, you know, for other, other studies that you see and you read about, there, it's a negative impact that it, it causes individuals sometimes to, to act out. And, so, and what they're watching they feel is, is, is normal because they're seeing it. And right. so it causes the other, um, you know, the, the reverse effect. But I, but I was just, um, I mean, I was surprised well, here's, when, when I read this. Here's a question for all of you then. That, um, you know, the stats show, and it was disturbing to me to see that young ladies are now starting to consume pornography as well. And the number was much higher than I had hoped or mm -hmm. prayed that it would be. But it still seems to be, um, you know, uh, primarily a male issue. What is it about pornography that makes men susceptible to it? Why are men susceptible to this? What is the attractant? Why do guys run to this? Well, we're just raging hormones, man. We're, we're, That's we're true. One, one walking, walking hormone from from the beginning. I mean, it's there's there's this this click that happens, you know, when you're when you're young up to a certain age and you know 13, 14 years old, and all of a sudden you recognize women and well, first and, girls have cooties and then they're yeah, and then beautiful. all of a sudden they're they're yep. they're amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that uh, I, I heard once that that uh, you know a young person doesn't come into you know the full ability to, to reason and all this stuff till 21 years old or something of that nature. And so you've got this uh, this level of, of, of young people that are still trying to figure out how to think things through, and at the same time this this growing amount of, of sexual drive, and and put those two t together without uh, without controlling it and with a society that says hey this is okay. And, and begins to inundate uh, the the mind and the and the sight with with all these figures, and it's just very difficult to 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 put that into perspective and to control it. I think you raise an interesting point, though. I think one of the big problems here is that it's a natural desire gone wrong. Mm -hmm. You right. know, when you turn twelve years old, there's a reason that girls start to look pretty instead of mm -hmm. icky, right? And mm -hmm. you're supposed to go out there and want to find a spouse and start a family mm -hmm. and, and sexual desire is normal. It's God-given. It's a yeah. gift from God. But here we pervert something. I think this is what makes it so hard, too, because I deal with addiction. Some of you have been with me in the addiction classes that we put on in the public. And with the smoker, you take away the cigarettes. With the alcoholic, you take the alcohol out of the home. But with porn, here's a hardwired natural desire mm -hmm. And we're in a sex-saturated society that's going to feed that urge. Um, and so it, 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 it's tough. It's a natural yeah. desire gone bad. Yeah, I, I think for everything. I mean, you, you take when God, God, you know, God created sexuality. Uh, it was very, very plain in Genesis. You know, in the beginning, God says, created male and female, and they were to, to populate the earth. And so you, you have marriage, you have God creating sexual individuals, 
and he makes something good out of it. But Satan always wants to come in and create the opposite. He wants to, to derail what God wants. So God's plan is always being derailed by Satan. And, and I think the, Satan now is trying to come in and say, okay, I'm going to take what God's created for us and what he's made holy, and I'm going to, I'm going to disrupt it. I'm going to destroy it. I want to do the opposite of what God wants to do. And so as, as, as society has progressed, Satan has gotten his foot in there and a foothold. And, and so he's taken this natural desire that, that you and Alex have mentioned about that God's done, created, and he's saying, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to destroy the key things. Out, out of creation, you know, we, we talk about the Sabbath, a, a day of rest. We talk about relationships with God. We talk about marriage and home coming out of that, you know, God's creation in the very beginning. And, and Satan's doing everything he can to create the opposite for, for what God planted in, in, the, in creation time. And I think that today, the reason that it's so prevalent, the way the day that it's so being bombarded upon society and upon young people, adults, is because Satan slowly but surely is he doesn't give up. And no, yeah. yeah, I find it. Oh, go ahead. No, you're, you're about to say something. One of you is about to say something. No, I was just agreeing with with Kurt. You know, it's just a just slow kind of you know. Certain point, you get weary of the of the attack, right? Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and, and you know, he knows you're going to get weak. And, and, and when something happens on a gradual basis, it becomes normal. Yeah. And so you take sure. a little step, another step, and, and it just becomes, it's kind of like Alex mentioned earlier. It's, it's the old uh, discussion we had back in uh, biology class, the, uh, the frog in, the, in mm-hmm. the water that you slowly turn the boil on and the frog doesn't realize it. And, and it's, the, it's the same situation in society. Here's the issue with it, too, is it's genuinely addictive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it's hard for... Uh, maybe some people to understand, but you know, addiction dumps dopamine into the brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get a little hit of something, mm-hmm. and it makes that makes me wonder: what are guys actually looking for? You know, yeah. do they not have a satisfying relationship with the opposite sex? Is it yep. gone south? And so here's this girl who's got eyes saying, "Hey, sailor, uh, I find you attractive," even though she's yeah. not real. She's but she's under studio lights, not- and then and then there's this little dopamine hit. Some of the reasonings in here, I don't know if I, if I, if I can turn to this really quick, but here, here's one. Um, one of the reasons that, uh, that young people are viewing, uh, are viewing pornography is because it's less risky than actual sex. And, and so there... But I, on I, what I, front? I mean, I get the STD thing, Alex, but uh, on what front is it less risky? You don't have to commit to a relationship. You don't have to deal with somebody who's in a bad mood sometimes or, or yeah. hurt feelings. I or, think all of those. I, I think and and the STDs. I, I do believe that there's something that's addicting that's going on, but the the addiction part is a little different than than drug drug addiction. So you know, years ago, I, I was a drug agent and was working with 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 these folks on a constant basis, and the drugs themselves are designed to be addictive. And even when we talk about uh, smoking, you know, all these all these chemicals that are that are implanted in there are, are strictly designed to to keep you keep you doing that. But something happens with this pornography thing. It's not an external, you know, obviously you see the pornography and, and that drives it, but there's something from within that is driving you to desire to go to go see that instead of actually taking a pill inside and letting it chemically work in your body uh, and, and, and drive continued addiction. This is something that's coming from, from within us. Well, I, there is, though, a chemical component to it because mm-hmm. the studies have been showing that there is a little dopamine hit, and after a while, it's not enough, and that's why it starts with a nude photo for some guys, and then soon it's going off into weird stuff, fetishes and violence, and because after a while, you get dopamine burn in the brain. It's no longer 
exciting you the way it was, yep. and you have to do something a little more severe to get little, the same hit. Exactly the, right. the behavior does seem yep. to be like the crack. Uh, sure, it. sure. It does. In, in many ways, yeah, uh, you know, and I think I think there's a lot of you know reasons that are and that that are all true, you know, uh, to this, uh, you know, uh, what Alex said, you know, I, I can I can you know I think there's a lot of weight behind that, you know, one of the things that I'm reading, you know, um, Psychology Today um, talks about a French research study, and we're talking, you know, you, you kind of touched on the kind of the mental health aspect here, you know, uh, leading to addiction. So there's a lot to talk about. I hear the music, so maybe yeah, you hear can, the music. You got a teaser. Seconds. You got thirty seconds. Anyway, so so you know, there's you know a lot of a lot of men you know who engage in online sexual activities for temporary emotional escape, you ah. know, from a problem, you know, depression, anxiety, whatever, relationship problems. That's another inlet maybe that that can start the right. process. We're gonna have to pause right there. We'll be back after just a few seconds. We're in the inaugural episode of the Bullpen Guys on Religion and the World, and we are talking about pornography. We'll be back in a second. Disclosure is just one of the programs brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy, like the audio adventure program Discovery Mountain. Discovery Mountain is a weekly Bible-based program for kids of all ages and backgrounds. Your family will enjoy faith-building stories with Jake Donovan, <laughs> Mr. Simon, and others in this small mountain town. Each summer, campers visit Discovery Mountain, where they sing songs, learn about God, and reenact a Bible story with the help of drama teachers, Miss Wendy and Miss Tamara. With 24 full episodes every year and programming every week, your family will have something uplifting to listen to every week. Listen to episodes on demand and watch video features from director Doug at discoverymountain.com or on your favorite podcast platform. That's discoverymountain.com. Back from the break, this is The Bullpen, special episode of Disclosure. I'm in studio with Kurt Johnson, with Alex Rodriguez, and uh, with Ruben Gomez. And we're talking about the pornography plague in modern society, how it's gotten worse, what it's doing to relationships. It's doing a lot of damage in society, and we've spent half an hour on that. And there's so much more we could talk about, the way that it's damaging young men's um, ability to have normal relationships. I think we're all aware Although some of the articles that you guys have pointed out indicate that people are trying to normalize this. But I think in our at our heart level, most of us are aware there's something desperately wrong with this and it is taking a toll on us. And uh, maybe I'd like to maybe start digging our way out of it. Let's talk as Christian men about what we could do about it. Uh, what does you know? What does God say about this? Is there a way out and that kind of thing? And I guess one of the things that has bothered me for years, I've looked at the fact that all of these ancient idol-worshipping religions, like of the Canaanites and so on, a lot of them had like temple prostitutes associated with it. And so it seemed to me always that the sin of idolatry was somehow related to sexual sin. There was a direct link there. 
And I thought about that for a little bit, and I thought, wait a minute, an idol, what is that? It's a way for me to have some kind of a relationship with the divine, but shortcut it. There's no real responsibility. Just bring a sacrifice to this altar, pretend it's a god, and then get on with life and satisfy that deep inner need. Then I looked at pornography and sexual problems that we have in modern society, and I thought, you know, there's something to that, too. Here's a girl on your computer screen or in the magazine who's not real. She's been all photo brushed, and, the, and you don't have to have a real relationship with her. She just kind of looks at you like, hey, you're a real man, and, and satisfies that need we have for an intimate relationship, but shortcuts everything that goes with that, the long-term commitment, the learning to love somebody, and, and so on. I think there's a definite relationship, and guys are looking for something that's genuine, but trying to shortcut all of the grief maybe that goes with it. And relationships have gotten complicated, especially in uh, recent generations. But how do we as Christian men now respond to the plague, uh, address it in our communities and in our homes? Well, it's a, it's a, it's a tough problem. Um, and identifying the problem and, and saying that we have a problem, I think, is yeah, the first step. Sure. Um, but then finding biblical principles, um, you know, how, how is it that God would have us behave as, as, as godly men? Um, and and seeing, seeing where the problem is in, in Scripture is, is, I think, a start. It's interesting to me, in Genesis chapter 3, I, I, I looked that up here, you have the fall of man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Genesis 1, 2, you have creation. Uh, there's really no, uh, no reference in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 of, of nakedness. It, it, it doesn't really come in there. We, we, we obviously think, well, God formed man out of the dust, and so obviously at some point he must have been naked, but there's nothing in there that's written about that. But nakedness of man doesn't doesn't really come until until Genesis chapter three, and it's associated directly to to rebellion and the fall. So as soon as as soon as man decides to go his own way and go against God, then at that point the Bible, interestingly enough, puts that little blurb out there, and they found themselves naked. Hmm. And, and, and to and, me, that's interesting. And, 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 God, and God, when He came and talked to them, He said, "Who told you?" That you yeah. were naked. Who oh, told you that you were true. that you were naked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 then they they recognize their nakedness, and all of a sudden something has shifted there from where they were and where they are now to now their nakedness is exposed. They obviously understand that it's not supposed to be that way, and they run to make themselves clothes. clothes. God acknowledges that and says, "No, but those clothes aren't going to do." And He goes and makes them another set of clothes. That uh, that are going to be better for them, um, but again, acknowledging the yeah, fact, lots that, of typology there yeah, for a ton of plan of salvation. But interesting, there was shame that came into it, and relationships became dysfunctional from that point forward. Absolutely, we started seeing problems even among God's people, the patriarchs. Well, I'll just take another wife. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not a porn. It's not exactly pornography, I suppose, but it wasn't God's design. That's right. If you look at the original design, we find one man, one woman in a mm-hmm. marriage. And it was supposed to reflect our relationship to God as the human race in Christ. We are the bride of Christ and and so on. And everybody that started adding women to the equation in those days, the Bible, you know, the question always comes up, doesn't the Bible condemn polygamy? There is there, thou shalt not commit polygamy, but there's a a world of examples where anybody who violated the original sexual boundaries that God created was in for a world of hurt. What went on between Ishmael and Isaac after Abraham decided to take another wife? What happened to Solomon after, you know, a thousand wives and concubines? He lost his way. And so something did shift. Relationships became inappropriate. And that's probably a really good start on it. And, and I think, Sean, what you just said a few moments ago about idolatry and the uh, temple prostitution. I mean, you look at what God created in the beginning. 
like you mentioned, idolatry was identifying a false god. Right. And, and then, then they took it to sexual prostitution, which, which Satan has taken that away from what Alex just shared out of Genesis, where, where God created man and, and woman into a relationship with one another, which was to symbolize a relationship with God. And because of sin, they now begin to recognize that the, the sexuality, so to speak, you know, the nakedness that he mentions, that it becomes, um, you know, it's, it's mentioned in a negative sense. And so it's, it's interesting in God's original plan of, of one man, one woman married together with a relationship with God in a, in a positive relationship, none of these issues come up. No, no, absolutely not. And, and, and that, that relationship, that circle of three, that was, that was supposed to be a, a tight-knit circle that allowed us to, to, to hear the voice of God and walk with, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is, that is broken in Genesis chapter 3. Um, interestingly enough, going back to, um, to verse 6, uh, it says this, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desirable to make one wise. So now, now Satan is playing on what is, what is delightful to see, what uh, what looks looks beautiful, and the complete intent is a separation uh, between man and God. Oh, fascinating! It's a natural yeah. appetite perverted. He's pl- right. he's right. preying on appetite. That's right. That's it's right. a similar situation. Wow, wow. I um, you know what it is to me again. I think you repeated it again, Kurt. It's the relationship. But both problems are separation from God and going to idolatry, and. Our, our rejection of marriage and going to alternatives, both of them are an attempt at religion without real intimacy or sexuality mm-hmm. without real intimacy. It's denying the actual accountable relationship in both parts. I, I still want religion. There's eternity in my mm-hmm. heart. I'm wired for it. But I don't mm-hmm. want that commitment to God. I don't want to have to answer to somebody, so let's shortcut it. Same thing with this, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and another point uh, we can look at here, too, is notice that in Genesis chapter three, um, the serpent is speaking to to Eve and and tells her that she will be like God. So all of a sudden he has he has given her this lie, this very selfish lie, where she now focuses on 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 herself. It's a very selfish mm-hmm. decision that that she makes. And pornography, um, the use of pornography ends up being a, a, a very selfish uh, thing as mm-hmm. well. It's not about the person next to you. It's not, it's not about anybody else. It's about your own desires, your own wants, the lie that Satan has given you, and the fact that you can have something and reach some level that, uh, that God didn't really place out there for you, to, for you to have. Let's talk about doing something about it for a minute. I think I want to do that because everyone in here is a parent. And right. I live terrified. I've got two daughters. They're, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just about done raising them. You've raised a couple of kids, Kurt. You're raising a whole bucket load of kids, <laughs> Alex. And, and you two, Ruben, well, you don't have the bucket load. But Not the bucket load. But you win. You win on the <laughs> Bible said go forth and multiply. You took it seriously, man. I took it seriously. seriously. <laughs> I, I took it you seriously. took it seriously. So um, I'm terrified. Like, okay, I've got these two daughters heading out there. One of them is now old enough to enter the dating age. I've sort of, I kind of clamped down on that saying, look, in high school, you can go to banquet with a boy. Everybody does that. But you can't have a boyfriend and go on dates because that's for looking for a spouse. That's Mm -hmm. what that process is for. And you're not ready yet. But now I've got one in college who is ready to start looking. But I'm terrified. What does that young man 
think about sexuality? What does the young man that she's talking to think marriage should look like? What Does he have a problem with this stuff? And I don't know every day, how do I help prepare my children for the new world that they're facing where sexuality's been so twisted that the odds of hand landing a happy Christian marriage are going down. Ruben. Silence. <laughs> no, I'm silent Wisdom, too. It's, Wisdom it's, from it's, the millennial. Yeah. <laughs> no, but well, doesn't no, it bother, I mean, it's doesn't good, bother it's, you guys? It, it absolutely does, and that's that's probably why it was silent, because I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, my kids are, are much younger, but but it's something we thought we, we think about all the time. I mean, we I just had a really long discussion with my wife the other day about just you know, I mean, just the whole dating game, you know, and, and, and that got me thinking about all this. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it just scares me. I, I don't know that I have the answer, but it just yeah, scares I, me I, when I bring my kids into the picture. I, I, th- I think with the way you have to begin with, it, with your children is the same way that Alex just started a moment ago. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as, as a parent, you know, we, as our children grow up, we're, we're studying the Bible with them. We're telling them the Bible stories, you know, yet knowing the flood and and so on and so on. You go through all the stories and David and Goliath. In the same, there comes a point in time as our children's mature through a study of God's word that we go to Genesis and we begin to talk Absolutely. about marriage and we begin to talk to them about family and, and God's plan. And, and you've, you set that scriptural foundation. It becomes a normal part of discussion and Bible study in the raising of a child. And, and you, uh, as they get older, you, you begin to point out a little bit more definite some of the terminology of relationship that we're talking about here. And it's it's part of a sexual education, I, I guess you might say, that a parent needs mm-hmm. to share with their child. And, and, and it's a difficult thing to do, you know, when you begin talking about, you know, sexual subjects with, with children. And and for some, it's, it's extremely difficult. However, if, if you approach it, as we were just talking in a study of Genesis, what was God's original plan? A man, woman, you know, you were talking about the... Uh, you know, the addictive drug effect that right. happens. Um, God, if I, if I understand correctly, and I'm, I'm not a, a medical person, but from what I've read, the purpose of, of the, uh, the chemical reaction in the brain is to bond two people together. Yes. You know? Well, and, we release oxytocin in a sexual so, yeah. act, and it and, bonds you together. And, and so, so when you watch it on, you know, the, the pornography, in essence, you, there's a, that mental addiction or... Or bonding to someone outside of your 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 spouse, uh, as God created it. So anyway, which is but, why probably Paul says that you know all other sins are outside of the body, but this one yeah. is, within, is yeah. inside the yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah. it's and, bonding you to somebody. And yeah. he says, why would you join yourself to a prostitute? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so and so for me, I, I, with children and with young people, we, we start with helping them to understand. A, a part of the Bible study is a biblical understanding. Of uh, of marriage and sexuality from scripture, yeah, I think so. And an open dialogue, you know, mm-hmm. we've been open That's with it. our kids. That's there it. was an event. I remember my kids will kill me for repeating this on the radio, but I remember when my daughters were younger. One came to me. Somebody had drawn something dirty on the slide at the playground, and they were wondering about boys. And they said, "Dad, why are boys so obsessed with their genitalia?" And I thought, okay, first of all, I'm horrified that this question has come up, and my kids are horrified that it's just come out on the radio. <laughs> but I uh, I was delighted on the other hand because I thought we've set a good foundation here. They feel mm-hmm. free to come and ask me of yeah, these questions. And, nice. and I've discovered yep. that talking openly has helped them wade through what's normal and what's not. Where in my generation, my parents are pretty good at this, but my generation, we just didn't go and talk to a parent or a teacher about the dark, dirty things That's that right. we'd come across. Mm-hmm. It would just, uh, I hear the music again. Yeah. Ruben, it's yeah. your fault, man. 
man. You talk too much this segment. <laughs> I talk too much. You just I'm talk sorry. too much this segment. I Listen, we've got one more. And what I want to do when we get, come back from the break is let's talk about a way out because there are people listening that are struggling with it. Sure. And yes, you go to church, but you're struggling with it. And that makes you even more ashamed. Let's talk about finding ways out when we get back from the break. I'm Sean Boonstra. You're listening to The Bullpen on Disclosure. Retirement planning can be a stressful process, but it doesn't have to be. The friendly people at The Voice of Prophecy can walk you through the entire process and explain all of your options based on your specific needs. Whether you'd like to set up a trust for income or make a gift that will benefit your loved ones and change lives through The Voice of Prophecy, we're here to help. To learn more, call 1-800-348-5993. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Are you searching for answers to some of life's biggest questions? The Discover Bible Guides can help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or call us at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. All right, we are here for what would be, I don't know, the stretch from third base to home. That's right. Or in a baseball game, I guess we're in the, no, that's nine innings. We can't divide that nicely into four. If this was a football game, it would be the fourth quarter. It would be the fourth quarter. We're talking about pornography, and I think we've identified what some of the core issues are. We've identified the fact that it's a serious problem. We've started talking about uh, how do we address it with our own children? We come to, we've come to the conclusion you got to lay that solid foundation in Scripture and be open enough to talk openly with it so that they learn how to navigate the scary world that's out there. But now I kind of want to shift a little bit because it's our last segment. And I want to talk about those who find themselves in a problem because what happens, and we know that this is just as prevalent in the church and actually, in some studies, even more prevalent in the church than it is in general society. I don't know if I trust those numbers, but we know it's bad in inside and outside the church. Mm-hmm. And so we've got somebody probably listening today quietly thinking, okay, yeah, I've got a problem with this. I can't seem to let go of it. And the shame is even worse because we know that we're answerable to God for some of the things we do and think. What's the way out, guys? Let me let me just comment on a few things here that uh, to start us off with a little bit. Um, some things that were, were a bit shocking. One was that the shame that that at one time was associated to this doesn't seem to be associated to anymore. That's to probably anymore. true. And so it, people are feeling less and less shame. And then there there's the issue of people are feeling that it's less and less wrong. It's it's now an acceptable thing to the point, as we mentioned in the in the first uh, quarter there, that, um, that now we're not even talking about the morality of the issue. We're talking about, you know, how to treat people fairly and, and, and legal issues. So coming into, let's go back to our to our kids, for example, coming into a, a, a conversation on how do we how do we deal with our kids, we have to we have to understand that as we talk, we're talking about stuff that they likely have heard is not a problem. And so now, oh, now it becomes an issue where daddy and mommy are telling you, hey, this is a bad thing. But everybody else is telling them this is not a bad thing. And so daddy and mommy are old school or, or whatever it is that, uh, that they want to think. So how do you approach this? 
Well, I think it has to be more than just saying, hey, this is not good for you. This is really going to destroy your relationships. I think, once again, we need to get back into, into Scripture. The psalmist tell, tells us that if we hide the, the Word in, in our hearts, mm-hmm. it will keep us from sin. So now we need to look at it from a holistic per, uh, perspective in Scripture and the entire war, the war of sin, the war that started in heaven, that has come down to this earth, and, and what it is that, uh, that Satan is attempting to do with all of the ways that he separates us from, from God. Painting the the large picture, not just sort of the pornography picture, but the large picture of what Satan is attempting to do, I believe is the starting point in understanding, you know, why it is that we need to stay Identify the issue. But I like what you said about hiding the word in your heart, Mm -hmm. because sometimes we have to reactivate Mm -hmm. our conscience. And that does happen. That does happen. Um, But then again, I, you know, in particular, I was kind of trying to drive at someone who knows this is wrong. They're struggling with it. Mm -hmm. They want out. Mm -hmm. And they have a conscience, and God is whispering in their ear, mm-hmm. you want out of this. And, and so I kind of like to talk to those guys yeah. today a little bit. Yeah. And you're not alone out there, by the way. Yeah. Stats tell me there's millions of men that are struggling with this. So don't feel you're alone. You know, you know Sean, uh, a principle I think we start with in John 15, uh, verse 5, it says, Without me, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. That's God speaking. Mm-hmm. So we know that the overcoming is going to be through the power of God. Mm-hmm. That's a starting point. And I think something else that's very important in the next step is that the Bible tells us in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he, he will forgive us. And, and I think that forgiveness is, you know, that we have to understand that, that forgiveness comes where we've, where we've made mistakes. And, and then I think the next step is to ask God to, that I, I, I commit my life to him, recommit it to him. I, I ask him for forgiveness, and I ask him to help me to overcome. Um, you know, um, you know. It, I, I think of the illustration in Scripture where the man said, "said uh, Lord, I have faith, you know, so to speak, but help my unbelief." Right. And, and I think you come to that point, so you have to say to God, "God, on my own, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you permission to to help take this from me." And that's important because sin does, on our own, no matter what the sin is, we often find ourselves helpless against it because our passions have been so distorted that we can't help ourselves, or we feel that we can't, and I think that's important. Confessing it and asking for help is a, I think that's a big start on any addiction mm-hmm. anyway. I that's think right. Even secular addiction groups would say that's the first step. It, it really is, yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, confession, and you know, and the other thing is, you know, another step in that process, you know, is, is um, you know, there's there's power in, in, in prayer, right? And so, so finding a trusted friend finding a trusted somebody who you can and, and maybe you don't have a trusted friend that you want to entrust this to so you know let's not forget you know the the good christian spiritual professionals that, that are out there who can who can sit down and talk with you about something like this whether it's a pastor whether it's a professional counselor there are lots of christian resources that are out there where you can sit down and, and just and and talk in confidence and and pray um it's 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 just something that, that, that I want to make sure, you know, is, is on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm glad you said Christian counselor because yeah. I've actually referred people to counselors in the mm-hmm. past, and they came back and said the counselor told me there's nothing wrong with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and I think I think also, you know, Sean, I've listened to you teach your addictions class. Right. And for someone who says, okay, I want to overcome smoking, 
you you talk to them about okay you have your the brown paper bag you have them put the yeah put, put bring the me cigar- your cigarettes bring your cigarettes yeah they always get a little scared at that point but bring them to me and, and I it, I collect thousands of cigarettes and something yeah. else that you do you say when you get the urge to smoke the cigarette you need to have a different type of activity choose something else to do you know uh, I've heard you say well go go take a shower you know because you can't get, smoke in the shower yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. get a get a piece <laughs> of chewing gum and so on and in the same way here I I think a practical step is you got to change your direction, your behavior. So, so when you get that um, urge to, uh, you know, to turn on the TV and, and watch a certain thing or to go to the Internet, uh, you, um, um, you know, you're going to have to change. You know, in your mind, decide that when this, when this urge comes, here is what I am going to Replace do. Replace it with a positive Replace habit. Replace it with something positive. Um, you know, and even for somebody who want to go far enough, I, I don't know, you hear about that you can install – you know, uh, blockers on your television. Yeah, I found there's software for that can, now. Can you do it on your internet? I don't. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, yeah, no, no, you sure. can. I you found can, it. There's software. Christian companies make software that you can install that says, "Hey, wait a minute, what are you doing?" Yep. And it's just that shock yeah. of, "Oh yeah, yeah, here I go again." Reminder. And, and, and yeah. so, so I think we have to turn to, to God for that renewal of the mind, for that forgiveness. Yeah. But there are those practical steps you yep. have to take, and you have to make those steps before it happens to you. So you make the decision now, so when it occurs. It's, it's like program. This is what I'm going to do. Oh, that's exactly right. It takes yeah. three weeks to develop a new habit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is that you've, you've watched porn for years and it lays down certain neural pathways. That's and right. you go into autopilot. Mm-hmm. I want to do this to get my dopamine hit. That's right. You got to replace it. You yeah. got to replace it with something healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go out and teach your kids archery instead. Or, yeah. or well, go for a walk. Let me summarize that into, into four points, I, th- I think. Um, you got to be four quick points. Four man. quick points. Yeah. Um, the, the first one is confession. Um, the next one is repentance. The third is humiliation, and the fourth is accountability. And and that I think is a is, is a process that that we go through. The confession is is the coming to the Lord and saying, "Hey, this is what I've done." And sometimes confession means that you go to others and 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 tell them what you've done. Uh, the guys don't like that. No, not at all. Because we're scared who else is going to find out. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we have repentance, and repentance means a turning away. From what you've done, going so the you, opposite direction. There's a choice. Going the opposite direction mm-hmm. and taking steps in in order to 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 say, yeah, this is this is the steps that I'm going to place so that mm-hmm. it won't happen again. Humiliation is the acknowledgement that only God God can do this. Is the trusting in, in God and the accountability is what you were talking about, Reuben, where where we have a, a process of somebody bring us bring us accountable. You know, I, I think when you when you talked about turning away, that implies choice. And so often today, people are told, you've got no choice. You're wired this way. It's done. You've got no choice. That is not the picture presented in the Bible. The Bible talks about being able to walk away. I'm looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, that, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened. Well, if, if you can command somebody to no longer walk the way they are, there's there's the implication that you can walk away from that. You can walk the opposite direction. It says being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness in their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness. Being past feeling, that happens with pornography. You sear your conscience after a while. You you deaden your ability to have a normal relationship. They've given themselves over to lewdness because they're past feeling, to work with all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard of him, heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, but that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In other mm, words, amen. you can make a choice. 
you can put off the old conduct. You can put off the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You can't do it on your own power. So, what Kurt, what you said is absolutely true. You've got to have God intervene, and he will, because this is not his will for your life, and he's thrilled to help you get out of that life. But you've got to make the first choice to start walking the opposite direction That's right. and then be renewed in mind. That's replacing the habit. Replace it with something godly. That's right. And, and don't stay down. Uh, Satan wants to knock you down, and, and at times you may be knocked down. And, and, if, and if he does, if he, if he manages to knock you down and you fall into the sin, into the temptation, just claim the promises of Scripture. If we confess right. our sins, he is faithful and just to oh, forgive us our sins. Oh, that's good, because people do slip. Okay, I've got a new day. I'm starting with mm-hmm. Christ. That's right. But the Bible, even Paul talks about struggling with sin the rest of his life. There will be moments where you slip, and the voice in your head is going to go, See? Yep. That's you're right. not worthy yep, that's of right. God. Yep. Now, sure you are. You're going to slip, and you got to look at it like this. You know what? I used to go into my office, lock myself in there, and watch porn every night. I slipped once in, in a month. God gave me victory over 29 days. That's right. I just got mm-hmm. one to go. That's right. That's right. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord, man. That's right. Yeah. And with that, with that kind of thinking, uh, Satan can't keep us down. The, the, right. the big issue is if you stay down. Yeah. yeah. Don't stay Pick down. Up. Get up and keep on going. The Lord's going to help you out. There's nothing that you can do. There's no way you, can't, you can go that the Lord can't grab you and bring you back. And I think it's really important that an individual makes sure that they have a, um, uh, a, a, a devotional time, that, that every day That's you're right. spending time in the Word, you're spending time in prayer because it's connecting you with God. And in fact, I would suggest that you find some promises that, that are of, of, in Scripture, even some that we've talked about here, some of these okay. verses, write them on some cards. And when you have that, when you get that urge, you know, take out that Bible, that, that verse, and, and read that. That's read right. it out loud to yourself and, and memorize that so that you, you come, you know, you, you, you find that strength uh, that, that comes through, through that relationship with God. And Psalms 119, if I can find it here, verse um, verse 11. It, you know, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's right. And that word is Jesus Christ, who is found and revealed in Scripture. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we gain yeah. strength and God transforms us. Guys, right. we're under two minutes to the end, and I want to sort of wrap it up a little bit. I just want to talk directly to everybody who's listening for just half a moment here. We've looked at this situation, and maybe you're struggling out there. Maybe this is something that has been going on in your life, and you're ashamed. That shame is an indication that God's already working on your heart. It means that he hasn't given up on you. It's when you're apathetic that you're in danger. You're not in danger yet because you're hearing the voice of God speak to you, and you want out. And you can choose to walk the other way. You've heard us talk about the fact that you've got to replace that habit. And maybe one of the best habits is to start filling your life with the Word of God. You'd be amazed at how He can renew your mind. At The Voice of Prophecy, we have all kinds of resources that you could start on right now today. Develop a positive habit. And maybe one of the best things you could do is just contact us and ask for our Discover Bible School. You'd be amazed how half an hour, an hour a day in the Word of God is going to start changing your desires and shifting you more in line with God's um, Word. You know, you're not alone out there. Millions of people are struggling with this. Don't let the devil whisper in your ear, there's no way out. Don't let him whisper in your ear that you're the worst of all sinners and there's no way back home. It's a lie. There's a way back home because you feel that you want it. You couldn't feel that way if God wasn't tapping you on the shoulder. Contact us at The Voice of Prophecy. Go to voiceofprophecy.com and ask for or look for the Discover Bible School. You can find it also at 
uh, discover, what's the URL for that? Uh, Bibleschools.com. Bibleschools.com. And uh, we'll be helping to help you out. And know that we're praying for you too. It's not hopeless. There's a future with God. And guys, Alex, Ruben, Kurt, thanks for joining us in the inaugural episode of The Bullpen. An icky subject, but I think an important one. And we'll talk to you again soon on the next Bullpen. Bullpen.